You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 118. And this was all over text. I literally, this is not an exaggeration, I did not talk to him on the phone a single time. It was really? all via text. Yep. And uh, because he's just always too busy to talk on the phone. So he answered all of my questions, sometimes in the middle of the night about the house. And we kind of just went back and forth on the numbers. And then I locked it up just without ever speaking to him on the Holy phone. Holy cow. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Bam! Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hello, Rhino Nation. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim. I'll be today's host, and I am super excited for this episode. We are going to deep dive yet another wholesale deal so that each one of you listening can get one step closer to your first deal or add gold nuggets to what you're already doing to get multiple deals this upcoming month. So today we have Catherine Kilpatrick. She lives just outside of Asheville, North Carolina, married and two kids. And she has been in the tribe for about four months, and she is an absolute rock star doing deals consistently. She's already closed on her first deal. She has another one closing in a week or so, and then just recently put another home under contract. So she is well on her way to build this consistent wholesaling business where she ultimately can do multiple deals consistently every month and bring in those big checks. So Catherine... Without any more, how the heck are you? And let's start filling in some of the gaps of what I may have missed. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, I've been here since late July. Uh-huh. And yeah, things have been going really well. It took me a little while to to get up and going and get the marketing out. But then, yeah, my phone started ringing like crazy and it's just been... <laughs> A lot of sticking to it since then. Well, let's kind of talk about that because I think what's unique about your story, well, maybe not so unique in the sense of, well, maybe some of the issues that that happened right at the very beginning, what we talked about, but is these stories are so common. I think uh, so many times we think it's just, it's just easy. You get into it and boom, (laughs) everything's going to just come together. You actually tried this on your own once and sent out like marketing, sent out some mail pieces. What did that end up resulting? What did the results look like on that? They looked like nothing. I looked like a zero <laughs> percent response rate. So you, how many mail pieces are we talking? Because that's sometimes that's hard to gut to swallow. You send out mail and you had a zero percent response rate. What did you find out? Like what was the issue? Was it not enough mail or what was it? I think it was probably not enough mail, but I mean it was probably it was it was less than a thousand, but probably not by much. And the number on there was correct. Everything was on there. I don't know what <laughs> the problem was, but it was uh, that was not the market for me. I think it was just your first test of wholesaling to let you yeah. know that, hey, this is not going to be easy. You're going to have to rhino through this. But man, already right out of the gates when you got into this, this was before you joined the tribe though, when you did that, right? It was, yes. It was about two or three months before I joined. 
Okay, so a zero response rate, that's probably already your first gut check. Like, hey, I spent some money and this was absolutely ridiculous. A zero percent. What got you the courage to really look at moving forward? You know, I was I was really interested in it. I've I've been really interested in real estate for a while, but I just was never into the the hours of an agent with young kids. And so I just I actually stumbled across the podcast somehow and started listening to Tom and and then you when you joined in and you guys kind of inspired me to give it another shot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So even with that gut check moment, 0% response rate. I mean, did you also have thoughts, even as you're listening to the podcast and you're listening to tribe members doing this across the nation, were you thinking like, oh man, this is still too good to be true? Or is it kind of like, oh man, this might be the fit? Well, I mean, I knew, I felt really good about it when I joined the, it might be too good to be true, or this is something everyone else can make work except for me, was more like a month in the tribe or, you know, a couple of weeks after my first mailing went out and most of the calls that I got were never call me again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that happens so often, but you gutted that that up and you rhinoed through it, which is awesome. About how long into it? I mean, are we talking before you started seeing phone calls come that now were turning into like leads, turning into people you could actually talk to and, and possibly turn into deals? It wasn't long. I mean, it was probably less than a month after I started planning my first mail piece. I got some good people. No no deals came from the first feeling of it, but the follow-up, that's where I found what ended up being my first deal. Okay. Well, let's kind of deep dive that. This is yeah. where we get to literally deep dive this deal, talk about it step by step. And I know there's so many people that are going to love how you did this deal and they're going to be listening for key like gold nuggets here so that they can start implementing these same exact things. So let's kind of break it down. You said it was a mailer. Were you mailing out mm-hmm. letters? Were you mailing out postcards? What does that look like for yeah, you? Yeah, mailing out the tribe postcard. Awesome. The tribe postcard, which is mm-hmm. smoking hot. We love it. And what list were you mailing to? Was this like a owner-occupied, a high equity, a tax delinquent? What list were you mailing this- to? This one was an absentee, I think, with 30 or 40% or more equity. Okay. So absentee owner with 30% or more equity. Awesome stuff. Absentee owner, for those listening, those are like homes that the owner does not live in it, whether it's a rental or whether it's a second home, but it's not owner occupied. It's just absentee owner. Now, is this person in state or did they live out of state? He lived, this This deal was actually in South Carolina, I and mean, he lives in South Carolina as well. I'm I'm only about an hour north of Greenville, so I, I added some of that uh, that territory in. Okay, so not a, not a far hop and a skip. You're right there by the border. No. Now, is that still part of your territory as well? Do you still market that area? You know, I'm going to follow, I'm going to finish up this cycle with it, but after that, I'm probably going to just focus more on my, on Hendersonville, which is the town that I live in, and the two little towns surrounding me, and kind of try to focus there more because, you know, that's where I live and I'd rather drive 10 minutes than an hour to go see a house. Okay, okay. Now, one thing that might, I think it just happens to so many people, right when you think you're going to make a break and like, okay, this is my time to get into real estate. What happened before, just to kind of give people background of you're getting ready to join the tribe, jump all in, and then something took place at your house that kind of made this like a hiccup in your process. What was that? 
Yes, we bought uh, we bought a new house and we got moved in here. And then all of a sudden, I've never <laughs> lived in a house with a septic tank before, but this house is on one, and it started backing up into our house. <laughs> so we had it, yeah, disgusting. And we had it inspected, and they said this thing is half the size that it needs to be for a house this size. Whole thing has to get ripped out and replaced. Oh, and so here was yeah. this instant. I was going to say no pun intended. I was going to say dump <laughs> of money into the house and, and yeah. <laughs> probably the wrong word, pouring money into the house right out of the gates. But I love that you still stuck with your goals. Your goal was yeah. I want to get into wholesaling and you did not let this, even though that was uncomfortable and it took money to fix that problem, you still move forward. You get your mailers out, you get these phone calls coming in and you said your second time around, or was this from just follow-up from that first round that you were talking to this individual? This was this was from a second mailing that went out, but the same same list, but this okay. was the second mailing. Well, you rhino and, uh, through all this trouble. I love it. Like, here it is. Cr- literally, crap happened, <laughs> and you just pushed through it, and now you're talking to people all the time. Second time around, you're talking to this homeowner. What does that conversation look like? What made you know this person was motivated, ready to sell a home? So this was probably, I would not be surprised if this is the weirdest deal that I ever do. He texted me and he's a a developer. He was a landlord, but he's a developer primarily now. And he is just looking to dump one real estate um, investment that he owns after another. And so he said, "You, you asked me about this particular house and this was all over text. I literally, this is not an exaggeration. I did not talk to him on the phone a single time. It was really by a text. Yep. And uh, because he's just always too busy to talk on the phone. So he answered all of my questions sometimes in the middle of the night about the house. And we kind of just went back and forth on the numbers. And then I locked it up just without ever speaking to him on the Holy phone. Holy cow. So did you have, did you, so you never even, Met him at the property, go look at him. I mean, this was all nope. done by text and, and drive-bys and things like that. It was text. And the, the other strange thing about this one is that I never saw the house in person at all. He, it was tenant-occupied, and he did, not want, he did not want the tenant to know that he was selling it. But did that help also? Like, I guess what I want for myself and also for the listeners, does that also help in the negotiation process? Meaning, Hey, if you're not even going to let me look at this, then my cash price, like sight unseen is going to be this. I mean, did it help? Did it help with that negotiation process? It did. And you know, if I could do it over again, I probably would have been more aggressive, but hindsight being what it is, but yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely did help. But here's the best part of what you're saying. Like hindsight, I would have been more aggressive, but that's the best part. You got in there. You've never done a deal before. You just took massive action. You get this home under contract. In hindsight, you learned something. So the best part about that is you looked back and said, what would I have done different? And now moving forward, you're going to be that much better on your wholesaling game. You're going to be that much better in your negotiation. It's going to be that much better maybe for your assignments. But that's the whole point. You didn't go through this and just say, okay, off to my next one. You also found out where things that could have been done better and now you're looking back on it and what to do. You're, you're capitalizing on those teaching moments. And we always talk about here in the tribe, like education is cancer. But Tom and I are also firm believers that the only education you should ever receive is from your mistakes, from making mistakes, from failing your way forward. Because 
those mistakes, that failure is future to its tuition for future success. And so I'll say that again, those failures, those mistakes are tuition for a future success. And I love that you're taking these moments in and now learning from how to better yourself. Yep, it was definitely the whole thing, start to finish, was a good learning experience. <laughs> but it's so random. Not many people do a deal all through text. And this lets you know that, in fact, this could be the first podcast that talks about how everything was done by text. It's just so random. A couple podcasts ago, we're, we're talking about how this person had all the money in the world and just gave the wholesaler a killer deal because they had won the lottery back in the 90s and they had all the money they could ever handle. They just didn't want to have people walking through the house. They just wanted a simple process. And so you never know what you're going to come across, which is beautiful about wholesaling is there's so many ways to find these deals. And every story is going to be unique from someone that wants to do everything by text to someone winning the lottery to someone that might have a septic tank blow up in their house. (laughs) There's so many ways. Well, perfect. So even though you're talking by text, because here's the thing, we're not looking for homes. We're looking for motivated sellers. Mm -hmm. How through text, because it's so hard, how are you able to hear like, motivation like i mean was there certain phrases words he was saying that made you know like oh man this guy literally wants to get rid of this well he was very upfront with the fact that he really wants to focus on development now and he's been a landlord for a while but he's just over it so you know he was he was very upfront about the fact that he's looking to get rid of houses he doesn't want the headache of it anymore he wants to um he wants to get them gone so, um, so yeah, he was, he was upfront about that. And, uh, and then with the, with the price kind of back and forth, he threw out a number. I threw out a number that was about 30% of that. And then, um, and he came down, he came way down. And so that kind of showed me that he was pretty motivated. Yeah. Yeah. He had some bigger goals and was willing to get this going for speed to get this going. Mm-hmm. Now, is this something that you're in constant talk with him about his other properties? He actually just sent me another one about a week ago. (laughs) All by text um, again? All by text. I may never talk to this guy on the phone. Oh, so crazy. So (laughs) random. But that lets you know, do not be disturbed, everyone, right? Donation, do not be disturbed that all communication goes by text because sometimes that's going to happen. Okay. So we never (laughs) met with them. It was like even the contract, the the agreement was all done by email? It was all DocuSign. All DocuSign. Okay. So never met him at closing. You don't even know if this guy exists. Uh, I meant to go to closing, but uh the closing ended up being like two days before Thanksgiving. And it just, with my work schedule, it just didn't, I couldn't fit it in. Okay. Okay. So you get this all done, like literally, you don't know if you're talking to a ghost or anything else, but you power through it. You get this done. What did that look like? You put the agreement together. From there, how many cash buyers did you have that were interested in this property? Or I should say purchasing this agreement? Not many. Uh, Because it was going to be sight unseen, a lot of them just said, you know, I gave them the, the address. They drove past it. The house was not in good shape. And the current tenant was not taking very good care of it, but he's been a tenant there for five or six years and was going to continue to be a tenant, Um, you know, pays his rent on time, just the house wasn't in good shape. So, you know, I had a a couple of them come back and give me really, really, really low offers that were less than I had assigned it for. Sure. Um, And randomly enough, I put it on Craigslist and that's where I ended up getting 
my bio really wanted it. And <laughs> the other strange thing, also never talked to him on the phone, all via text. The cash buyer? Yeah. <laughs> so all around this whole deal from with the seller to the cash buyer, it was just a text-friendly conversation yeah. is all it was. It, the whole thing. It was the, wow. it, uh, like I said, it, this may be the weirdest deal I ever do. It was so strange just sure. to end. Now, did that make it tricky? Because obviously your buyers, they can't see the pro- they can't really go physically inspect the property, anything like that, because the tenant's in place. They don't want the tenant to know they're selling. I mean, at some point, they're mm-hmm. going to find out all that stuff. But ultimately, you yeah. found a guy that's motivated enough that's like, yes, I like this area. I want this home. Um, what did you put it under contract for with the seller? And then ultimately, what did you assign it for to your cash buyer? So I got it under contract for twenty thousand, and I signed it for twenty five. Holy smokes! So we're talking. You said twenty thousand and assigned it for twenty five. I did, but with this guy, he was um, the whole thing again via text. His first number was fifteen, and I said, "Sorry, you know, I, I can't make that work." But I said, "You know, what about what about twenty five? And he went back and forth and he's like, okay, I can do it if you pay half of the closing costs. Okay. So at this point, you know, should I have probably said that's not my process? Probably, but I was so excited. It's your first deal. Absolutely. Hold on one second. (laughs) We have got a victory there because that was your first deal. And I will tell you. The same thing happened for me. My first deal, I made $24,000. It was absolutely awesome, and it was the worst deal to have happen your first deal because then you think, oh, man, life's going to be good. Every deal I'm going to make twenty four, and that's not the case. (laughs) But with that being said, I found out literally that the guy that I wholesaled this property to, he turned around and didn't fix it up, didn't do anything. He did the exact same thing. He wholesaled it, and he did another like 18000 above that. Like there was so much money left on the table, but I didn't even care. Like I literally went home and I talked to my wife. I'm like, I don't care. 24 grand. Like that's more money I made in my first year of insurance. Like I love this. And I will tell you that is a huge success. And so ultimately what was your net on that uh, assignment? Uh, About $4,100. $4,100. That is amazing. Your first deal, (laughs) you're not even that far into this business. You've already got one deal under your belt, one deal closing next week, which let's talk that one. What, how much are you going to make on that deal that's closing next week? About (laughs) $11,000. Hold on. (laughs) Not many people get two victory bells, but... After you're getting it. So $11,000 next week, and then you've got a deal that's in the pipeline that's under contract. Like things are starting to move for you. What is it that, what's your goal? What's your mindset now? Like as you look at this, you talked about, and I, and I should have asked even beforehand, kind of you said, well, and I was busy during that time because of my job. Like what does your future look like? Do you see that you're still going to be doing a job and this on the side? Or are you going to start doing this full time? What does that look like? Yeah, no, it's been kind of funny. You know, I started tithing and the weirdest thing happened. My my success at my nine to five kind of went through the roof. My commissions have been on the last three months about 10 times what they are on average. Wow. But it is a nine to five. It is something I'm looking to get away from. And so the the plan is to probably go full time early next year. Oh, Wow. 
That is huge. But I will tell you something I'm so glad you brought up because I don't know if I talk about it strongly enough and I, I should because I believe in it so much. And that's the fact that I love the keywords for everyone out there. If there is a gold nugget worth taking away from this podcast over everything else she's even talked about that's already gold nuggets and things that you can implement in your business, the number one thing to success and all successful people do, and that's tithe. 10% set aside for tithing. And it's so interesting, but yet it always is this way when I talk to people that are tithing. They say the exact same thing. When I started tithing, this started taking place. And literally the tenfold, the law of the harvest took place and it came back tenfold and now your business is taking off. Like this is incredible. So if there's anything out there, I want to tell each of you, I too tithe 10% of my money. And I will tell you that is the secret sauce. That is what makes our business continue to go. That is why our students are successful because they, when they come into the tribe, what is the first book we read, Catherine? The four laws, four spiritual laws of prosperity. (laughs) That's it. The four spiritual laws of prosperity. And in that, the main objective there is to get everyone thinking on the spiritual side, the abundant mindset, and also the law of tithing. And I will tell you, that is so huge. And so I tell you, kudos to you, Catherine, (laughs) because that is a secret sauce. Like that is it. When we find ways to be in an abundant mindset and, and give back and that tithing, holding back that 10%. I'm telling you, it's just the law of the harvest takes place and you can't really explain it other than you start looking at it like, holy cow, I've never had my commissions like this or holy cow, (laughs) I've never been this consistent in deals or holy cow, I've never made this much money in assignment fee. But I'm telling you, it is directly related to the spiritual side as well. So thank you for sharing that because I think that is something so worthy of sharing on this podcast and helping helping people understand just there's more to it than just sending out mailers. There's more to it than just meeting with motivated sellers. When you take some money and set it aside for the tithing, it comes back tenfold. So that is that is awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So what does that look like from here going forward? I guess let me ask this. We always have these questions for everyone on the on the podcast. If you were to look back at the very beginning and you had to do something over again or you're like, oh, man, I'd make sure I still did this this way because it worked so good. What is a gold nugget you could give to our listeners that if you had to do it all over again, what would you make sure would stay in place or you do differently? One of the things I definitely jumped the gun on getting started before my cash buyer list was really where it should be. And, but I would say that if I, and I don't necessarily know that I would do that part differently, but I kind of stopped focusing on growing that list and switched over to, you know, just speaking to motivated sellers. And I think I should have been splitting my focus a little bit and trying to do both. Uh-huh. And my husband is actually starting to help me with that. He's he's reaching out to, uh, to landlords on Craigslist and kind of trying to help me grow that. Because ideally, this is something that we could do together if, once it really starts getting going. Absolutely. Absolutely. We hear this all the time. In fact, some of our favorite students, we've got Josh and Marlena Dates that are a husband-wife couple that crush it in Florida. We've got Steven and Christian Richardson that are husband-wife combo. And I'll tell you, one plus one does not equal two. It can also equal like 10. It can really come back in the power of it. So that is awesome. If that ends up being a goal, I can't wait to talk in the future. And maybe you're coming to the live event where you can meet in person and see how the things are going. So I, I love it. That's that, awesome stuff. That's going to be my birthday present this year. So <laughs> look at that birthday present. Come to the live event in Orlando. That's going to be good stuff. I, that we love Tom and I love 
meeting our students in person. That's where we get to really talk face-to-face and, and really t- kind of talk shop and, and really see what successes are going on, what hiccups and trials are going on. And I'll tell you, it's just a, it's a good event for just meeting all the tribe. That's where that community comes together and you feel like you're like your best cheerleaders are there cheering you on. So it's awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome stuff. Well, what book, if you were to say a book that would help our listeners that has helped maybe with mindset or help you keep on track, what is a good book you would recommend? Yeah, uh, the two I'd, I'm going to, I'm going to give two. Definitely Let's hear it. Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. Okay. That, that book is, that book is awesome. I hate to say the same thing that everyone else says, but it's an But awesome it's that book, powerful. So. No, I love that because <laughs> when t- you got 80 people saying the same thing, man, that is a book worth buying. So I agree with you a hundred percent. That's an awesome one. And then um, I really, really liked Profit First. I think, I think especially if you're just getting started, this is such a good way to structure building a business so that you aren't, you know, I think that especially getting into this and getting a check for 11000 and then being like, yay, now I can go spend 11000 Yeah, I can go to Disneyland and I can get a new car. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then God forbid, you know, tax season comes up and you owe the government a good deal of money. It's I, it's really it's really good to just have a blueprint in front of you of um, this is going to go here and this is going to go here and just build it like that from the ground up. And he made it so simple in that book, how to break the, that yeah. budget up. He made it how much goes to operations, how much goes to marketing, how much goes to tithing, how much goes to profit. But I just I yeah. love his concept. It's it. What does he say? He says income minus profit equals expenses, meaning a lot of people do income minus expenses equal profit. He says, no, pay yourself first. And then what you have left over, that's all you've got. You got to use that money wisely on your, on your marketing and uh, get it to keep coming back. So awesome, awesome advice. I love it. And Catherine, I will tell you, I'm so excited for your future. You are so at even just at the like the tip of the ice, we're at the beginning stages, and you're already finding so much success, like right out of the gates. And I love that. And it helps people realize this is not a long journey. It's not six months down the road. It's not a year down the road. You can do deals super quick if you just put your head down and you have a huge why. In fact, if your why is not big enough, your excuses will be. But Catherine, you've been literally, you've been like a perfect example of watching someone just get in, jump in, and just do exactly step-by-step what you need to do, take massive action, and the results are you got deals really quickly. So congratulations. Thank you. Okay, so Rhino Nation, you have just heard an amazing podcast. I mean, gold nuggets about tithing, gold nuggets about what you need to do. I mean, doing deals directly by just text message that you can rhino through this and you can make it happen as she has done. I will tell you, this is great stuff. If you are serious about wholesaling, what is stopping you? Think about your why. Have a powerful why and jump into this business. It's a great business. It's a great way to serve people. It's a great way to make money and ultimately get you out of that rat race that Robert Kiyosaki talks about where you can live life on your terms. And if you need help building your wholesaling business, reach out to us at wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com and book a call with our team and we'll have a free strategy call to see if we're a good fit for one another. And if we like what you say, We just might invite you to be part of the tribe. Until next time, Rhino Nation, take care, and we'll see you on the other side. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.